Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello and welcome to Rose Ed and happy Valentine's Day week. And it's heartbreak for Spurs as Conte's men drop yet more points, while Ralph Rangnick's romance with Manchester United looks like it might be an end already, as yet more dressing room leaks emerge. While even Roy Hodgson couldn't keep Watford from conceding in the most disappointing result for a pensioner since Gladys failed to get a mention in the Wayne Rooney documentary. Hello, and Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Wazza. I can't oh, leave man. it alone. I can't leave it alone. Yeah, you can't get over it, mate. <laughs> oh, God. Um, right, we are going to be talking about the Wayne Rooney documentary a little bit later on um, with Hannah East. You right, Hannah? I'm fine, thanks. How are you? Good, thank you. You're Good. still in that hotel room. Still. still. In this <laughs> hotel. <laughs> <laughs> I sense a bit of a difference in your uh, your attitude this week, Joe. You, you yeah. don't see it. I know you make up your lipstick on and stuff your girlfriend's obviously not there you're on your own she's in a hotel me. room you don't like it is she actually gone i thought she was staying the whole week she's gone mate nah she's, oh, gone. she's had enough <laughs> yes yeah, so i'm still here I'm just basically becoming like alan partridge just stuck in a hotel room <laughs> like it's just yeah it's good um mike you're right mate yeah good so i had a relatively decent valentine's day Oh yeah, um, which oh, straight was... in with it, straight in. Well, nice, nice. Did, not, yeah. for, not, for, not for them, <laughs> not for them sort of reasons. It was, um, it was almost ruined a little bit. But I saw the funny side because we were at an Indian restaurant on Saturday night because we didn't want to go out on on Monday night because it's you know avoid the, the the busyness and madness. So we went out to on an Indian Saturday restaurant. Night. On, on, uh, <laughs> well, yeah, but it's not quite a busy night at the Indian. <laughs> yeah, but it's not. It's not. Come on, it's not. You know, Valentine's is crazy. They have like a special menu, which is rubbish as well, which they overcharge you for. So yeah, we're at we're at the local Indian um, on Saturday, and we were sat uh, at the corner, which we thought was a decent seat until this couple behind us uh, walked in, and um, they were quite old, probably like 60s, 70s, um, and they so every time. 
<laughs> You're out, Mike. It's us from podcast. Hello, love. <laughs> yeah. Nice Valentine's Day. What'd you go out on a Saturday for? What well, were you thinking? The, the, the lady sounded a bit like you, Hannah, to be fair. No, she didn't. Um, but no, so every time someone opened the door, she would like, she would sigh like really, really obviously and just go, excuse me, excuse me, can you close the door? There's a draft here. And it, like it, it became more and more aggressive, like the, the more that people did it. And I swear there was one girl that she did it to. She looked like she wanted to cry because she literally straight away, as soon as they walked through the door, can you close the door? And then it turned out there was no more excuse me. It just turned out, close the door, close the door. She was really? she was horrible. Like people were out for like their Saturday night meal and she was actually horrible. Like my girlfriend was actually considering saying something to her. That's how like, you know, annoying and horrible she was. I, I hate smacked people. her. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, you would have been right really. yeah. Knocked her out and that one. Uh. Um, have that then. Naan bread right down your gulp, you Alan. I hate that. I remember, like, I hate people who don't give you a chance to do something. They're so, like, because it's not any of those people's coming through the front door. It's like, if shit is so drafted and how drafted it was, but the restaurant maybe shouldn't be sitting people next to that door or whatever. But, like, I remember being on the tube once and, like, literally the doors opened. And this woman came through with her quite elderly mother and went, will anybody please <laughs> offer my mother a seat? <laughs> and I just thought, no. No. <laughs> like, what I, a I, I always would. Uh, but now your old mum can stand there because uh, you're a <gasps> so, uh, I'm do that impre- Joe, please do that impression ever again. What, when yeah, she came on? Yeah, and when she, she came on the train. On, and she was just like, will somebody please offer my mother a seat? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, no. I reckon Joe's way more camp than her as well. I reckon she she was quite like she was quite low key about it. But it's just like because of you, your mum's now got to stand up. <laughs> like, oh. It's punishment. It's Poor punishment. lady. Um, well, the best see, trick is you... just is to fall asleep, is fall asleep or pretend to be asleep if you don't want to give your seat up. So you should have tried that, Joe. Well, I also got in not like, but this it, happens sometimes on the tube. Like sometimes I'll be on my phone or whatever, like trying to do emails because I'm like really like, quite important. And uh, um, <laughs> slash desperately trying to buff a porn up on the district line. <laughs> uh, um, Joe, and, like, you're doing lots of funnies tonight. Um, am I? Thank you. Yeah. It's because he's not spoken to anyone. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but um, I was actually sitting there, like, on my phone, and I just sort of, this shadow fell across me, and I just heard, <sighs> and I looked up, and it was a pregnant woman, and then she was like, <sighs> And I was like, I'm so sorry I didn't see you because I'm looking at my, like, like, like at any stop, you've got to look up and be like, yeah, elderly, pregnant. No, good. Back to my phone. You don't do that, do you? you just no. Like, no. like, I just happened to have not looked around. So yeah, people are idiots. Yeah. Cause I mean, it's fair enough for pregnant women. I mean, if you're really pregnant and you feel like you're going to yourself at any given moment or give birth, um, you don't know what's happening down there. So if you need to sit down, then that's fair enough. Um, but they give you badges and stuff. But like you say, if you're in a busy tube and uh, people are like, if you're looking at your phone, you're not going to keep going, all oh, right, is an elderly person or is there a yeah. person or, you know, someone looks like I'm going to shit themselves. I don't know. Do they but also just down? go, just go, oh, I'm sorry. Do you mind if I sit? And you'd go, oh yeah, sorry. I didn't see you there. Cool. So, not, not a problem. Of course you would, because like any normal human being would. Yeah. But it's just, yeah, so I love that. Like, yeah, I mean, that that doesn't sound like a particularly nice Valentine's Day. I had quite a good one, though, because I got some Jack Skipper merch. Love um, that. And I was just, I was so happy. How did you feel when you opened the gift? I was honestly beaming. (laughs) 
was beaming because I got her like an Oliver bonus necklace. So she Did was like, you? she was like, that's um, kind. Well, no, but Oliver bonus is both our favorite shop because she's a girl and I'm so. It's going to say that's very middle class of you, Joe. Actually, yeah, Oliver bonus love shop. Oliver bonus. Yeah. But like they got jewelry, they got candles, they got like throws and things. There's nothing you can't get in OB. Uh, <laughs> in OB. But um, she was like, "Oh, but I just got you a silly present." I was like, "You got me like the best present ever." This is what I would yeah. have probably asked for. Um, That's a yeah. gift and a half. That is. But Hannah, you went away for a filthy weekend, didn't you? How was that? Well, oh, listen to this. <laughs> so Andy East pulled out all the stops. He got his mum and dad to babysit for the weekend. Now, last week on the podcast, I was like, "Oh, I don't feel very well again." you know, kids with their germs and stuff. So um, went away for a weekend for Valentine's. Andy's was hoping it was going to be a filthy weekend. Um, I had flu. I came on my period and um, <laughs> it wasn't the weekend he was hoping for. So uh, I was literally walking around the hotel room with tissues hanging out of each nostril. I was so ill, like really ill. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, Joe. Oh. So, that's disgusting. Cut that out. Can't I am going to have to cut that out. Honestly, that's so rank. Um, it was so disgusting. I said it. Um, so, we just sat and watched football. It got room, <laughs> got room service uh, and watched football all day. It was that's an amazing Saturday. And on the Saturday good. night, we went um, for some food. And uh, Patrice Evra was staying in our hotel. Ooh. Yeah, so name he was drop. actually sat Ooh. on the, yeah, I'm going to name drop this because it was so cool. Uh, we were chatting to him for about 20 minutes. Really? Who was he with? He was on his own. Um, <laughs> he really? was, yeah, because he was flying out the next day um, from Heathrow. So uh, do you know how do you know how we got talking to him? So we, me and Andy were pretty pissed on Saturday night. We'd had, we'd been drinking all day and then we were drinking with our meal and we got that seven courser with the wines to, you know, we, we were pissed. Amazing. It was. And we were just watching football all day, drinking wine. It was great. And um, Andy went past him and he went, I love this game. It <laughs> <laughs> was a really posh restaurant. And he just turned oh, and he God. was like, yeah, yeah. And then he just put his hand out to like shake Andy's hand. Oh. And then, Andy was like, oh, um, do you mind us chatting to you? Because obviously we appreciate it. And he was like, no, no, it's fine. I'm like on my own. And then he said, oh, my wife, Hannah, works. She's a presenter on MUTV. So I think, I don't know if Andy was thinking he might recognize me or something. He didn't. But he was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, he has no idea who I am. He probably doesn't know what MUTV is. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> like MUTV, what's that then? He's like, was that children's program? Yeah. Or? kids yeah kids programs um but yeah he was lovely like such a nice guy and we, yeah like so we we're chatting for 20 minutes so that was like the best valentine's gift ever what's the what's the goss what did he say yeah what's the goss um, what's the dirt so his his goss really was and not saying anything i'm not saying anything to call him out or he he just said it's very difficult um at the club at the moment the atmosphere at the club what are you laughing at joe <laughs> the fact that you think patrice ever might listen yeah, <laughs> she's worried you're going like to slander oh, I love, him or something. I love that ambition. <laughs> no, what I'm saying, what, he's what I was meaning is... He's going to be like, oh, I can't believe it, I trusted her. <laughs> I lost the game. No, he was basically like... like on there. <laughs> what I was thinking, I would hate for anyone to listen and think that I'm exaggerating anything he said because I'm saying it like legitimately what he said, mm. that the atmosphere isn't great. He was with the players um, on Thursday Um and he just said that like Sir Alex Ferguson kind of echoes 
everything that's being said about the club. And actually what he genuinely said is the players are playing as individuals. And I mean, I don't want to quote myself what I said three or four weeks ago about uh, (laughs) what everyone's saying about the players. I'll take credit, but everyone's saying that about Man United. But he was saying that everyone is um, playing way too individually. There's no like kind of team ethos. Um, And Alex Ferguson feels that we're just going round and round in circles. Is that because, Hannah, is that because the players um, are not putting into place what the manager's doing? Or is it because they can't? Or is it because the manager is not, you know, sort of getting them to do that? I think it's an accumulation of players don't want to do it because there's been so much rotation of management and different leadership that I think they're just... Well, for example, um, if you look at Rashford and Sancho at the weekend... Sancho started off left wing and Rashford was right wing. And Sancho at the start was amazing, wasn't he? And I texted you guys and was like, oh, Man United looks sexy. Then all of a sudden they swapped um, positions. You obviously didn't read it, Joe. They they swapped <laughs> sides. And I think that was Rashford's decision to do that um, because he wasn't getting enough of the ball and he could see that he wasn't getting enough time or any of like any credit for, for the performance. And it, it obviously, it didn't work out as well as he was probably expecting. But I don't think that was a decision from the manager to put that forward. I think that was probably Rashford's decision to swap. Um, whereas I think um, other teams wouldn't have, you, other players wouldn't have done that for other managers. Mm. I think I think it's a, a fundamental problem. Are you, are you quite surprised by what Patrice said, Hannah? Because obviously he he strikes me as someone. Of you said he was with the players. He strikes me as someone that's obviously still connected with the club. Like he yeah. knows what he knows what's going on. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. Are you surprised by what he said? Not really, because um, everything he was saying, you know, when you have a conversation with someone like, I know he's uh, obviously an ex-player, but uh, like a United fan or you'll you'll speak to an Arsenal fan or a Spurs fan, um, Joe, if you can find one, jokes. Um, you speak to them and it's like you have this real common ground where you're like, oh, you know, yeah. um, it's so frustrating to watch them. But the, he's so passionate uh, about Man United and he's like, he you is, know, yeah. I, I can't stand there and say everything's great and everything's fine because it's not. And you can see that it's not. Um, and he went, you know, kind of off on um, the players being so individual that it's causing such a problem because there's lack of communication um, between the players. So. so was he was he critical of the players or the manager? Because Mike brought something to our attention this week that was I thought was really interesting about Gary Neville talking about... Um, what he kind of took to be disgraceful behavior on the players part that kind of their agents and their press people are kind of leaking dressing room stories and stuff. And it was something he saw when Andre vs Boas was getting the boot at Chelsea from players in the Chelsea dressing room. And he said it's something he'd never seen at mm. Manchester United. He didn't even believe was possible yeah. in football. So was, was ever kind of criticizing the manager as he criticizing the players and the way they've behaved? I think it was, um, he, he kind of didn't criticise as such to say, oh, this isn't very good, but he suggested that the players and social media and the way that um, sort of players are behaving mm. off the pitch is reflecting um, how their performance is on the pitch. So, you know, with um, tweeting and social media and, and stuff and kind of arguing against managers uh, in their own time off the pitch it's never going to bode well for a good relationship or a good working relationship between players. Or if a manager says, play this way and Mm. just follow this formation and follow what I ask you to do for the match, 
then if that doesn't work out for for the the team, then that's down to the manager. Whereas we seem to be having this thing where players are kind of just being a bit greedy and going for balls that they shouldn't be going for in the first place. Like Maguire is mm. an example of that. Um, and, he's, and he's in awful just, form, isn't he, as well? Yeah, I mean, oh. he's not match fit, is he? I mean, do you, it's just... Do you see his no-look defending the other day? Oh, my God. He got, he got spun in inside <laughs> out by um, one of the Southampton players. And yeah. he was looking the other way and he tried to defend by sticking his leg out, but he wasn't looking where his leg was going. And it obviously ended up nowhere near the ball. I mean, what's going on with Harry Maguire? Because this guy, you know, he's the, he, I think he still is the most expensive defender in, in the world ever, yeah. which is just madness. Like how, yeah. how did, did they get that wrong? Or is he good, but, you know, not showing it at the moment? I, I really don't know. Well, he's been injured and he's not match fit. Can you use that as an excuse? I don't think so. No. Um, it's not. It's not an excuse because, um, it, yeah, it's, <laughs> I saw that on a loop where he he put his foot out to get <laughs> to try and kick the ball, and it was just yeah. like, what's what's going on? Like, what is going on with that team right now? It's, well, there was an element that he, he was better coached at Leicester, wasn't he? Um, yeah. yeah, he was In there the under Rodgers, wasn't he? He, mm-hmm. he was there under Rodgers. Yeah. You might be the next Manchester United manager. Um, <laughs> wink, wink. Seems, I, I'm, I'm surprised that Patrice didn't bring that up, actually, because obviously you're both in the yeah. know. So, yeah. <laughs> <I'm surprised. laughs> I didn't but, want to take too much of his time because I, I feel like we could have sat and chatted for ages. And obviously my husband's a huge United fan. So, um, yeah, we didn't. Were, we were, were so you a bit pissed. starstruck, Hannah, or, or not? Because he's such a cool guy. Yeah, I think. was. He, he'd I be quite him. a good player to meet. Like, if you're going to meet... I don't know, like Brian Robson, like you're not going to be that excited. No offense to Brian Robson, but he's just not, you know. He's well, you were drunk too, so did you guys think you were being hilarious? Uh, well, like no, because Andy was like, "Oh my god, I need to go over." I was like, "Don't go over," because I get really like, "Don't, don't go over and speak to people." He's having food on his own, and he was like, kind of on his phone and um, like when he was sat by himself. But what I was like, "Oh, don't, please don't go over." And then when we did go over, I was like, "Oh my god, I actually really do feel a bit starstruck because he's one of those people that you would always want mm. to meet." And mm. we kind of wrap the conversation where he says, "You know, it's about being positive," and he's like, "I'm so passionate about Manchester United. You know, I love the team. Um, I want them to do." well and I find it hard when I I go on TV and people ask me negative questions because I have to be truthful and I have to say what Mm. I really believe and I say what I believe because I'm passionate not because I just want to say something for the sake of it you know I want Man United to be good and I want to win. He's very vocal isn't he? Yeah. And yeah, then I was just like, vocal. keep, keep your positivity coming from your videos. Like his, his videos where he's doing like mm. singing and stuff are just absolutely unreal. Um, and I was just like, oh my God, he's so amazing. Just what, so brilliant. What was he having for his dinner? Well, I think he was having at that point, um, like an apple cr- cause we had the seven course, um, thing. And I think he'd ordered some sort of like dessert, like a crumble. With maybe. custard or with cream? It looked like, it looked like custard. Good choice. Really or good was, or was it that. macaroni cheese with some breadcrumbs on top? I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I, I was drunk. four bottles of wine <laughs> in at this point and I was chatting to him saying what he was eating. Yeah. I just love him. Either or, I'd say, would be a good choice. Yeah, yeah. Well, there you go. Was there a part of you that when the conversation ended, you thought maybe we'll all exchange numbers and be friends? Um, no, because he's got like nine and a half million followers, hasn't he, on Instagram? Well, and he's Patrice Ever. And he's Patrice Ever. So <laughs> yeah. I, I thought, and my husband was like, oh, do you want to message him and say thanks for the chat? And I was like, no. That would have been what I did. Yeah, you would have joked. I wouldn't dare. Uh, he's never going to read it anyway, is he? He's not like, 
Yeah, it'll, that'll be in a box somewhere on his social media that's never going to be opened. So, and what, what's he going to say? He's married with a kid. Like there's this young couple that are obviously pissed. And at one point I wasn't sure if I spat on his table because I was like, oh, blah, blah. so I didn't really have any joking. That's all I reserved. Oh, Patrice Everett, we see him because you're poorly at the moment as well. So you see him sick yeah. on TV. Imagine if oh, I had yeah. COVID and I passed it to him. That'd be so awful. Patrice. I love this game. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what? Darth Vader. Um, can we have a little bit of love for uh, Ralph Ranić? Because Manchester United have conceded just 11 goals in 12 Premier League games since the departure of Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, having shipped 21 goals in 12 league games under the Norwegian in the first half of the season. So basically, Ralph Ranić has shored up the defence so that United are conceding precisely half as many goals. Yeah, but Give him the they, job. Yeah, but they're losing or drawing when they go 1-0 up. <laughs> so it's not very helpful. They could be conceding... I didn't really think about that. <laughs> they could be conceding loads more, but if, if they're still not winning games, it's... Uh, I don't I don't think he's done too terribly. I just think he's a, he's in a bit of a difficult situation where he's like, yeah. a, he's like a substitute teacher. It's like... You know, you've yeah. got your 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 teacher, your permanent manager that's that's gone, and then you've got this guy who's coming in for six months or so. You're just not going to listen to him, are you? Because yeah. you don't Who know behaves what state for a the supply club's going to be. Exactly, that's that's exactly what it is. You're you're waiting for the for the main teacher to come back so you can finally actually learn something or do something productive. I think that's exactly what's going on at at Man United. I think it doesn't help that he hasn't managed a super big club. He's only he's managed you know the likes of Schalke and RB Leipzig and clubs like that in Germany, but he's not been at the level of Man United so maybe he doesn't have that sort of personality or that experience where he can tell the likes of Paul Pogba, Cristiano Ronaldo what to do and they'll necessarily respect him yeah. in that in the way that they would like a Zinedine Zidane or a Maurizio Pochettino or someone of that ilk so yeah it's, it's a difficult one for him. Um, we should talk about Manchester City 4-0 winners away at Carrow Road Raheem Sterling got a hat trick um, he's actually pretty good isn't he Mike? Raheem Sterling, yeah, yeah, he is. Yeah, when he actually, when he actually plays, and he um he's picked by Pep Guardiola, he's, he's a good player. But yeah, it was it was a good hat trick, I thought. But that's the thing in it because you think like he's gonna because he's not getting in the team. You and I think maybe an element of him being English, the sort of player he is, like a tricky winger forward, and being English and not getting in the team, you sort of forget that he's actually really good, and he's got yeah. an absolute hatful of goals. Um. But Hannah, so Norwich have got to play Newcastle, Brentford and Burnley all at home still. Yeah. I think they can stay up. Oh, I just don't want it to be um, Burnley. To be Burnley. <laughs> I don't want we want to... Newcastle to go down, really. Yeah. Or well, can we say that? Can we say that we actually want Newcastle yeah. to, to I go do. down? I want Newcastle to go down. It's yeah, probably not going to happen, though, is it? Looking at recent results, they obviously beat, um, they beat Everton recently, didn't they? And um, yeah, but mostly an upset. They beat um, Aston Villa as well, so the good results for them. But Kieran Trippier has broken his foot. Yeah, that's a, that's a big blow. Man. That that exactly. is a big blow. Well, not but, only is he the Burnley Beckham, but he's also got Beckham's injury that Beckham had before the 2002 World Cup. <laughs> so there's a lovely yeah, synergy does, there. Yeah, like. yeah, there is. No, I've, I've, wow, Joe, you've done your research, even though you claimed you didn't do any. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, um, I mean it's it's a big blow. Obviously, he scored at the weekend, didn't he? And then it's unfortunate to get injured. But you know, hopefully he comes back. Well, I don't know. Hopefully, I'm not saying hopefully. How impactive I mean, is that? They, they be will for hope he'll come back. Well, yeah, I think I think it will be. But you know, I think they've got other players in different positions that that they've brought in in the summer that can 
that can do things in other other areas of the pitch. So I don't think it will be huge. It's obviously a, a blow because of set pieces. He's literally a set piece wizard. I think, mm. you know, I don't think anyone will ever get over that semi final goal in the in the World Cup. He scored against Colombia. I think Colum- that is a core memory for every single mm. person living in Britain. Like even my mum and like my nan who hate football. That was a huge moment for literally everyone in the country. Um, so I think he will always have like heroic status for many people in that way. Well, Brentford getting sucked into that kind of bottom three uh, mashup, but a team that are pulling themselves out of it, Everton three leads nil. Mike, um, yeah, Super toy, Frank's toy. done it again. Yeah, Super Frank with the aid of um, the Donny, the Don Donny Van der Beek. I thought he yeah. looked really good. Um, and he's. I listened to Rio Ferdinand on a on a podcast today, and he was saying that um, he's spoken to people at Everton, and they've been saying to him, um, you know, he's raised the level in training. Uh, some people are saying, you know, it's it's unbelievable how good he is. Like, how good must Man United be for him not to have played? It's it's really mental. You look yeah. at this guy who was in the Champions League semi-finals with Ajax not not long ago, somehow lost the Spurs. Don't know. How. Um, but yeah, like it's it's just it's insane, like how overlooked he was, not only by Solskjaer but by Ranić as well. And yeah. fair plays, he's, he's going to realise his potential hopefully at Everton. Well, Delhi had one wonderful moment. So Delhi Ali came on, and he played this kind of scintillating curling ball um, round that took about five defenders out, and uh, Richarlison hit it on the volley, I think, and it got saved. It would have been an unbelievable goal. But yeah, I think. To be honest, I think Frank could be onto a winner there. Liverpool, uh, Liverpool, Leeds did. Rodrigo hit the um, hit the woodwork twice for Leeds, though. It is worth mentioning. Mm. Um, but Hannah, do you think Donny Van Der Beek was wasted at United? Yeah, I think so. Um, and I guess it's really weird, a weird thing to say as a fan, where you're like, I hope he goes to another club. And I hope he plays, he gets the game time that he wants and I hope he proves himself because it's not nice when you've got a player that has has done so well, go to a big club and look as if they're not good enough to start for them. When actually I bet he's just like sticking his middle finger up at United thinking, yeah, this is, this is what I should be doing for you. Yeah. But yeah. It's time for, um, for a new feature, which I, for one, I'm really excited about. <laughs> oh, God. It's time for Hannah East's movie corner. <laughs> so Hannah, yeah. Hannah, Hannah is going to do a film review for us. Right? <laughs> so there's a new documentary about Wayne Rooney, isn't there? Yeah. Do you know I'd only watched Top Gun for the first time last year? Fucking yeah, I've never right, well, watched that's, Friends. That's next week's episode sorted. Never was, watched an episode of Friends in my life. I was talking to my girlfriend yesterday and um, there it is. Hey. <laughs> She doesn't know who Louis Theroux is. What? Really? I nah. showed her a photograph of him. She just didn't know what he, Jessica, who he was. How dare you? Mate, it, it blew my mind. Like I bet she, she listens. Did. She she listens to this <laughs> as well. Uh, right, so um Hannah's movie review. Yeah, okay. The Rooney documentary. What what is it and what's it about? So it's about Wayne Rooney. Wayne Rooney. Can you do it in his accent? It's uh, it's about. Give me a bit of notice. I could have practiced. Is there Um, any um? Is there any sort of age uh, limitation (laughs) on it? Because there isn't for him. (laughs) I knew. I knew you were going to say something. How long are you going to talk about getting a pension in the back of a tranny van (laughs) in the Premier Inn? Come on, Um, watch it on the cinema. It's cheaper if you're over (laughs) sixty-five. 
<laughs> Do you know what though? I actually love the Rooneys. I mm. love Wayne Rooney and I love Colleen. I am Team Colleen all the way. Um, but it's the the documentary is basically about. She's and really it's really trying now. Hey, I can tell you're really trying now. I know it's basically because I don't want to spoil it too much for anyone that hasn't watched it. Because I'd really recommend you to watch it. But it talks about how he was just a, a a normal lad, got into a bit of trouble, a few fights, and then he was signed as a professional footballer. Which obviously he wasn't prepared um, in any form of media training. Didn't know what to say. Was very shy. And then obviously at the same time, his, I didn't realize that, um, Colleen's always been best mates with Wayne's cousin. And was it where the, in, within the families, they ran like a boxing club or something together. So they've grown up as really young kids together. Um, am I going too much in detail? No, this is really good. I, I, I'm it's really good. That, that's I'm why I'm laughing because it's good. Yeah. All oh, right. Sorry. Cause I don't want to spoil it, but it's like, you don't Joe realize how it was going to be some joke segment, but this is you're smashing it. No, that, it's, it's how they grew up together. And the journey is both of them because then you obviously go on to the fact that, um, Wayne kind of enjoyed having a few scuffs and a few fights. And then when you actually, um, whoever made the documentaries like done an amazing job because when you look at um images of him when he was playing football like you remember him as like a stocky aggressive footballer don't you um but you didn't realize um behind the scenes how he kind of sometimes wanted a bit of a fight and was really pumped before he went on for a game because he was kind of that's how we sort of grown up and and scrapped mm. a bit so anyway it goes on to talk about his life and about how he wasn't media trained and how it impacted on him as a person and and Colleen how she kind of had the the effects of it as well it talked about the mistakes he'd made but because he feels he's sort of Joe because he feels he was <laughs> I thought you could do an impression of him getting with an old lady then um and how sort of Colleen's forgiven him for it because she's she knew that he was hanging around with the wrong people and the wrong people would want to sort of lead him astray mm. um I felt like it could have talked a little bit more about the latter part of his career. Um, it was very much when he was younger and when he got signed and how amazing he was. And then it it kind of showed a few bits of like the the World Cup and stuff. But I felt it could have been a bit more towards the end of his career because that's kind of how you remember him as well. But I think that's when he was maybe having a few issues with sort of alcohol and things. And then it's talking about him at Derby now and what he's doing and how he's yeah. still so passionate about... Um, winning and succeeding in whatever he does and you can see that he's he's onto a good thing I think with uh becoming a manager did he talk about the um because he, he admitted and he, we talked about open not admitted sorry it's the wrong word he, he talked about quite openly and quite candidly the other day in an interview about the fact he had an issue with alcohol abuse and yeah he, he, did, he did sorry and he well he thought he thought uh, uh, the, the worst thing it might do to him is it might end up costing him his life ultimately so it didn't. They didn't go into that much um, it, that much detail about it, um, but it was just that um, alcohol didn't help him, and I think it was quite clear to indicate that it's been a big factor um, with some of the the decisions and choices that he's made. Um, but Colleen just kind of said, you know, they they've every time he's done made a mistake, they've sat down and had a discussion. Um, and I know everyone has a different opinion on, oh, if somebody cheated on me, I do this, I do that. But I think until um, you can understand the situation that he's been in, it's almost as if, you know, somebody that's been thrust into the limelight and they've never been able to be an average person and be able to go to the shops and do the average things. And I think the, the documentary highlighted that Wayne Rooney was your stereotypical average young lad mm. when he was younger 
And then it kind of somebody's turned a switch and gone, right, hold on a second. That's not what you're doing now. You can't make the choices and decisions you wanted to before. And I think that's naturally going to have an impact on decisions you make later in your life. Did it Um, change your opinion of him? No, because I I really, I genuinely, I know we we like joke. And so I genuinely think a lot of Wayne Rooney. I think he's amazing, Mm. but, um, and uh, Colleen and their family. And uh, I think... I just, I just really like him. I, I like what they're about and their passion. He's still as passionate now about football as he was when he first signed for Everton. So, yeah. I think he's brave just, of him though. He's just, he doesn't have to do that. No, but it, you, you kind of realise, you think, God, with the social media and the press where people were hounding to get pictures and, and you think, God, they can't even go to the, the supermarket. When you see a picture of him at a supermarket or Colleen at a supermarket and they talk about what's in a shopping bag and they're zooming in and you think, oh, that's just... But somebody stood there or a group of people have stood there taking a picture of them when they come out of a supermarket. Mm. And that sort of stuff is what we take for granted. But for, for footballers and mm. not just footballers, but celebrities to their their calibre, it's like, how annoying must that be? Mm. <laughs> Can't go and get a pint of milk and a packet of crisps without anyone's disturbing you. It'd be awful. It's good though, isn't it? Because I think we're in an era now where everyone's been a lot more candid about mental health. And Rio Ferdinand talked about, um, he did that brilliant documentary about when his wife died. Yeah, and how he dealt with the grief, and I thought that was pretty amazing. Michael Richards and um, Chris Sutton were talking about it last week, kind of the impact of football on your mental health as opposed to kind of being a celebrity. And I, th- I, th- I think it's just, I think it's a great thing, and I think it's a great part of kind of the progress of the game. Yeah. Um, how many, um, how many Michelin stars are you giving the Wayne Rooney documentary? <laughs> Michelin stars. <laughs> <laughs> it's out of five, isn't it? Yeah, it's five Michelin stars. So I'm going to give it. Um, four and a half Michelin stars because I wanted I wanted it to be a bit longer and I wanted just to see a bit more on the latter part of his football career. Four and a half Michelin amazing. stars. Yeah, go hey, watch it, seg- guys. I've ruined it for you. That was. That, what are we going to do next week? Can, can we do um, a live watch along of Hannah and Joe watching Brokeback Mountain? <laughs> <laughs> which one's great. the bottom and which one's the top? Oh. No, <laughs> he's a twink. He's a bear. Um. <laughs> I like that. No, if there's any films that you want Hannah to review, send them in. Send them yeah, in, I'll yeah. do it. Like, I love to chat for ages. You know that. You know that now. Sorry, I went on for about five minutes there. And if anyone wonders me, oh, honestly, great, guys, yeah. you've got to watch it. But what happens is, right, I'm just going to tell you everything. And then you won't want to watch it anyway. I'll just ruin it for you. No, I didn't even interrupt. That's how much I was enjoying it. To make a stupid joke about him yeah. sleeping with old women. <laughs> So I didn't even do that. So there Team you go. Team Colleen. Team Colleen. Um, Champions League's back. And for the fourth time in five seasons, there are at least four English teams in the Champions League last 16. Um, three of them are among the four bookmakers' favourites to win the tournament. Um, it's a golden era for English football in Europe, isn't it, Mike? Why? It really <laughs> is. I think it's because of the strength of the league and the strength of the the managers and and uh, how the clubs have progressed like talk about Liverpool recently and you know some of the business they're doing bringing in Luis Diaz as like a long-term replacement for their two wingers you know they're they're thinking ahead of time Man City Mm. obviously have got have got a lot of money to to spend on a huge like multi-million pound squad Uh, that's why they're there Chelsea similarly Um, but they've also had a good teams for a long long time and also as well as the managers and teams being good, I think it's the it's the sort of breakdown of of quality in in other leagues. Like look at Real Madrid and Barcelona, how long they dominated football for, 
and now you look at them and they are nowhere near. Like Luke de Jong is playing for Barcelona up front. He's like their yeah. main striker. I know they signed a Bamiang in January, but you look at that and you think, oh, like what has gone wrong there? Like huge mismanagement. And then Real Madrid, the same. I'd say the only like European powerhouse that is still at the full height of their powers at the moment are Bayern Munich. But yeah. other than that, it's it's the, the English teams. They're, they're the strongest teams, I think. Well, um, there's an interesting thing that I heard the other day that because um, Barcelona have got uh, Martin Braithwaite and Adama Traore up front now. So they're uh, one striker short of recreating the front three for Middlesbrough four seasons ago. And that kind of that kind of tells you. I mean, that's that's all you need to know. I mean, I I used to play Pez Pro Pro Evolution soccer, and I used to uh, edit my custom formations, put four players up front because it was Eto, Ronaldinho, Messi, and Thierry Henry. Like that was their literal front four. And then you you look at that and compare it to now, it's just madness. And also, Ludovic Julie was no slouch, so you could get him in the hole. Yeah, if you were doing, if you were building you your, play, just you could play five up top. You could literally do whatever you wanted. Is literally the dream. If anyone is listening in two thousand and eight, then yeah, do, do give that a go. Um, Champions League back though, and for the first time in the knockout stages, there will be no away goals rule. So ties with level scores after two legs will now all go to extra time and then penalties um this would change the dynamic obviously of knockout games it would have meant because mike you asked uh, somehow how did um i get beaten by spurs a few seasons ago it would have meant that tottenham's famous wins over ix and city in that run would have both gone to extra time under these new rules um what i don't i don't understand why it's why it's better i quite like to weigh goals i think it's because um teams would were played defensively so that if they were playing first and they were um they were away and sorry that they're at home they'd they'd just basically stop the opponent trying to score an away goal and get an advantage because away goal is basically worth two goals so you know teams like Atletico Madrid they will probably base their entire like tactical plan around that like yeah. trying not to concede if they're if they're at home first and it it just changes the outcome but with this I guess you make it slightly more um, attack focused, I guess, but teams will be less worried about conceding goals because they're not worth as much, basically. But Hannah, obviously, uh, Manchester United have got Atletico Madrid next week. It's probably worth saying Atletico Madrid aren't, aren't quite up to what they used to be. Um, not in the top four in Spain at the moment, conceding a lot more goals than they used to. It's been, it might be the end of Diego Simeone's time there. Uh, do any United fans kind of think this could be it? This could be your, your tournament to win this season? <laughs> well, off the back of what we've said, um, yes. I mean, we, you don't know from one game to the next, do you? So it's like it's we're in a, a fortunate position if our opponent isn't firing on all cylinders, but then neither are we. Very, so very diplomatic just, response. Yeah, very diplomatic. I mean, you yeah. can't you can't call this one because we're just uh, we're just in a a bit of a state at the moment. So, Mike, who's going to win it? Well, I mean, they drew one-one to Burnley the other day. Oh, not Man United. Um, I mean, the tournament. Oh, <laughs> oh, obviously, yeah, the tournament. drew bottom of the table. Say, yeah. Obviously, United going out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> who's going to win it? I really think Liverpool are going to win it. I think there's this there's this thing with. With Man City, it's like a hoodoo. They just can't, they just can't get there. I thought last year might have been their year. 
um, but it didn't work out. You know, Chelsea, Champions League specialists almost have won it twice. There's something to do with this Pep Guardiola. Like there was, there was a time when he was at Bayern Munich, I think, and he was in the latter stages and he just tried something completely off the wall and went like, with a weird formation and system and it didn't work. And I I, I feel like, I feel like he overcomplicates it a bit. So I'm going to say Liverpool. I, I fancy Liverpool. It's not yeah. over yet, is it? Yeah. Yeah. See, I think, I think it'll be buying. I just, I just always think it'll be buying. Absolutely smashing the Bundesliga at the moment. I'm race for the top four. Spurs nil, Wolves two. Mm. Second, second defeat in a week. Third Premier League. Defeat on the bounce. Look the at him, he's getting, all, he's getting all sad. Yeah, this is where you get really serious and we think yeah. you're joking, but you're actually genuinely being yeah. loche. Yeah. The last time Antonio Conte uh, lost three league games in a row was when he was the manager of Atalanta in 2009. Um, Harry Redknapp says Conte might walk if Levy doesn't loosen the purse strings. Um, Joe, mate. Joe. I mean, how do you feel Gosh. about that? Do you, would you be well? Obviously, you'd be frustrated if he if he left. But frustrated, yes, I'd be. <laughs> be jumping off the roof of the Nova in Manchester. Do you want him? Just because you know, sometimes you change your opinion week by week. Do you want him? Out. <laughs> Get him out. <laughs> call Nuno. Um, no, don't call Nuno ever. Um, but I, I don't know. It's obviously. I mean, losing to Chelsea in the Premier League, fine, whatever. Um, I think Wolves are a good side. They're very good defensively. Um, Hugo Lloris was poor. I don't really hold that against him, to be honest, because he's arguably been our best player in the last couple of years. Hugo Lloris has been fantastic for a couple of seasons now and one of the real kind of shining lights of Spurs. So reliable, particularly since he came back from that injury. And, okay, he had a bad game. That's fine. It happens. I just think it's much more noticeable when it happens to a goalkeeper. So I don't kind of have, I don't think football's so reactive. So many people like, I listened to a Spurs podcast recently and a journalist at The Athletic was like, all those mistakes are creeping back into his game. Shut game. Like, it happens. Yeah. yeah. It, do, it does happen to Lloris a few times a season, though, Joe. A good few times. He's but not he's, the most reliable keeper in terms of he's, he's going to throw one into, into his own net. But he's been, honestly, he's been excellent for probably the last 18 months, two years. He's been superb, like, to the extent that kind of I've got no problems with that position. And I, I, I absolutely grant you, a couple of years before that, he was really, really shaky. Um, but I kind of, I think, I don't know, I think you let him off. And I know what you mean. He does have a rick in him. Um, I, I've been saying this on the pod for a while that I think Levy kind of pulling the wool over Conte's eyes is totally self-defeating. And the reality is I would love, I hate the fact you have to spend so much money to compete in modern football. But that is the reality. And I'm a hypocrite because do I want to see my club not spend that money and maybe be a team that competes for sixth, seventh every year? Or do I want to see us push for the Champions League and who knows what else and spend a bucket load of cash? And it's the latter. So we've got to spend that money. And Conte will leave before, I think Mike, you said a few weeks ago, before his reputation's ruined. Yeah. Yeah. Because if he sticks it out over summer and we don't buy then and then people start to not care about that and it's like we've well, been in charge long enough you should be able to do something with this club yeah but yeah. joe don't don't you think it's weird that like they're spending the money on the managers like all that money that gets to jose Mourinho. obviously conte is going to be on a on a decent salary why are they getting the first part done by getting a top top manager in and not doing the second part it doesn't make any sense it really doesn't make any sense I don't know. I think there is an element where Conte was surprised at how poor Spurs are 
in terms of because he did say that after the NS Mura defeat, didn't he, ages ago? Yeah. Um, but the reality is, you're Antonio Conte. Do your due diligence, mate. You must know. You must have a decent gauge on how good these players are. Um, I feel like the squad is starting to become a little bit more here with Bentancur and Kulisevsky and Lacelso and Gill and and Dombele will kind of go in the other way. Um, the reality is, it just needs so much more, and we're two centre back short, probably still a right back short, and. The reality is once you play a lot of games in a row, if there's a little dip in form, then I don't know, then we don't really we don't really have any cover. We don't have options to switch that up off the bench. Um yeah, and I think we got we got City at home on Saturday. Uh, City away, sorry, on Saturday. Um so that's another defeat. So we'll lose four in a row. And I, I don't know. I mean I, I, it's not a disaster by any stretch, but I think we were in pole position to take that fourth spot and we've frittered away these games in hand. And I think that's a real, real shame. And at the moment it's a, I'd say it's still a toss up between us and Arsenal, but we were definitely in the driver's seat before. Um, and Mike, you must be feeling a little bit more confident now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the results have gone well for us, but like, as, as you just alluded to, I think you much rather have points on the board than games in hand, mm. obviously, when you're not playing. And because we were meant to play Chelsea, but obviously they were in the Club World Cup. Um, so, you know, our game in hand will be against Chelsea. And obviously, that's that's not an easy game. Mm. Um, but it's just, it's so tight. But after watching United week in, week out, um, I was saying that, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm worried about them, but I just don't see the plan with them and I don't see a semblance of of any sort of structure or what they're trying to do as a team to make me worry about them that much Spurs I think if if Conte can get it going and he's not sort of throwing his toys out of plan pram I think they can you know maybe stitch something together but yeah Arsenal got a chance but West Ham is still in there so it's, it's, it's still at this stage hard to call it, it just depends how consistent Arsenal can be because it should be theirs in theory, but it probably won't be. Well, as you say, West Ham do have those points on the board. They managed to get a draw away at Leicester. Um, this was despite Kurt Zuma. Absolute scumbag. Yeah, and yes. everyone's going, oh. oh, you know, it's should you be take should he be taking this much criticism? Who does that to an animal? What arrogant yeah, piece wild. of would do that? to a cat in front of a young child who's looking at him as a role model. I don't know if that's his son or who it was, mm. smacking a cat across the face. Take your aggression on a football pitch and put your perform- make a better performance on the pitch, you piece do you, do you think West Ham's response should have been stronger? Because I've seen a lot of people Absolutely. say, um, you know, West Ham were within their rights and they're, they're doing what's told and, you know, no. what they can do. David Moyes still, has said still, that. Still, yeah, you know, still pick, picked him to play that weekend. So, yeah. you know, he's one of our best players. That should have been, he shouldn't have played. That should have been an immediate investigation into that. All I was worried about when I saw that video, I was like, please tell me that somebody has got the animals from his house. I don't know how many pets he's got. But that is a disgusting yeah. display. Well, of... well, his brother plays for Dagenham and Redbridge. He's in the video as yeah. well. And he's been banned until the RSPCA conclude their investigation. I feel like, again, these people are, are should be role models and I would never condone any form of like aggression or anything. But seeing that poor cat 
molded around his foot as a football like it was just yeah, disgusting nasty. and it, it yeah it just it really boiled my blood um but can i go back to can i go back to the spurs thing joe is that okay because i didn't <laughs> want to interrupt you too because i but do, I, I feel like um i feel that you're being quite negative about um conte and you know we have that we talk about this um where we're like, get them out, get them in, get them out, get them out. But it's like, maybe discrediting Conte a little bit that, um, oh, did he not do his um, his research before coming to the team? I'm sure he did. And I'm sure you're just waiting for, for things to sort of click into place a bit. Or am I completely wrong there? No, I think there's an, uh, 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 yeah, no. So I think there's an element of like self-preservation from him. Yeah. As with all managers. And he's frustration about the budget. Yeah, but turning up and being like, I didn't know these guys were that bad. It's like, you did. You 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 must have. Yeah. You didn't get to where you were today by not doing your research. Um, and that's a point I'm making, I think. Yeah, but there's also the, yeah, as you just said, frustration about the budget without a doubt. I've got no doubt that Daniel Levy, if he didn't overtly lie to him, was very clever mm-hmm. with what he did say about what he can and can't spend. Yeah. Um. And Daniel Levy's thing is always, well, we've got to get them out for the best price. We've got to do this and we can't free up the funds until we've done X, Y, Z and blah, 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 blah. And like, we need to get the best price for this player then that frees up the funds for you. Sometimes you just got to it and just take a deal. Move people on, get them off the wage bill, bring other people in. Yeah. It's for the good of the club overall. And as a businessman, he should know that. Um, you've got to take a short-term loss for a long-term gain. Um, Unless in Newcastle and you just, yeah, just buy by whoever yeah but it's like (laughs) any deal let's get it done (laughs) but it's like when you're building the bungalow and you've got a like (laughs) there we go but you know what i mean it's like you're putting the windows in but you don't want to put the windows in until you've been paid no hang on (laughs) until the chimney's been look whatever right it's it's just yeah, I don't know. I think Daniel Levy is at the stage now, just frankly, where Daniel Levy is limiting the potential of the club. Um, yeah. And that worries me because, yeah, it is, it is an aspect of modern football, but you just got to, you've, got, you've got to spend loads of money these days. And I don't want the team to be irresponsibly run in case everything imploded horribly and we randomly got relegated and it meant the club fell apart and went insolvent or whatever it was. But you do need to be a little bit more kind of realistic about what modern football is. Cause if we lose this manager, we'll never attract another top manager because, yeah. or we certainly won't for a long time because Daniel Levy would have blown his reputation. Um, yeah. And by extension, they've blown the reputation of the club. And that really. Hashtag Levy out. At the moment. Yeah. At the moment. Yeah. And I think Daniel Levy actually needs to do a bit more talking in public, to be honest, to let the fans know what's going on. He's quite um, quiet, isn't he? Really? Does it, he rarely does interviews. I remember he, he did one, um, around the time when Kane was, you know, linked with Man City, I think something like that. I don't know why, um, but yeah, you, you don't really hear from him at all. Yeah, and he could do with at the moment. He needs he needs to reply and let. I just think tell the fans that like, this is the strategy. Here's what's just even be honest about the club's finances because while you are running a business, it's also something we all own, whether we've actually got a single share or not. Because every fan owns a bit of a football club. That is, is the there, nature is, of it. Is there a fans forum? Does Spurs, Spurs have like a fans forum or anything? I'm a member of the Supporters Trust um, who lobby the board and stuff, but it's a tiny voice. Um, it's a it tiny voice in amongst the kind of monolith of, of a business. Um, right, anyway, on a slightly cheerier note, 
Hannah. <laughs> Sorry, I just wanted to, I didn't want to interrupt you too early because you were like obviously on a having a nice chat, but I was thinking we've been very negative. <laughs> no, 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 no. I think I think I think it's a good point and I'm glad we talked about it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but just to finish up, there's a story in the mirror this week. Oh god. Um that a woman's husband has threatened to leave her unless she sleeps naked. He sleeps naked and he thinks it's weird that she doesn't sleep naked. And unless she changes her ways, he's saying that their relationship is on the rocks. Um, oh, wow. Is there uh, what? What one thing would you change about Andy? Well, I'll tell you what, he always tries to get me to sleep naked. And my, oh, no, my auntie's never going to listen to this, but I've got the most amazing auntie. And every year she buys me the pajamas and they are so awful and she's got like a, a care company so she buys pajamas for all the old people and then she gets like the same pajamas for me and then um, every christmas i'm like oh my god they're so lovely but last year she got me these beige shorts like they're, they're with like huge flowers and stuff on them they're just awful and um i purposely wear them for bed because i know my, my husband's gonna be like what the you're wearing <laughs> so then he won't come near me um so that's why i wear them i love a pair of pajamas i've got a little pair of pajamas like some little green tartan ones that i got for christmas this year that have got they're button up they've got a little button up shirt like you're wearing a little suit to bed and they got a pocket when you say little we're talking a crop top here are you talking like i've got some little pajamas oh no we... they're actually if anything they're too big all oh, right <laughs> um so got little... your knees a nighty I like it. They've got a little pocket in it. I don't know what you would keep in your pocket in bed in case you have an idea. <laughs> keep a little notebook in there. The tissue in case you get a wet nose um, or something else. Or something like, yeah, something like that. I just, oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> Went downstairs <laughs> nose. <laughs> um, um, oh. What are you wearing in bed, Mike? Um, I have these like silk pajamas. So I look of a bit course like a, you do. I, oh I, I look a bit like a pimp when I wear them. But it's because if I wear anything like fabricy, I just get too hot. And yeah, it's just it's it's not a good thing. You don't want to be sweating in your in your bed at night, do you? So yeah, purely what, silk for me. What color are they? Um, they're like uh, I don't. I, they're a bit. They're sort of like camouflagey, like Ooh. brownie sort of. They're not camouflage, but they're perfect they're like uniform your... camouflage silk pajamas. <laughs> nah, Get out of the bushes, man. <laughs> <laughs> they're not camouflage i don't know how to describe it it's a bit like um like if i was hiding colors. in a tree you wouldn't see me <laughs> a bit like that i don't know i don't know they're just they're, they're, just, they're, they're colorful and that's all i'll say but yeah they're really comfy really really comfy i can't believe the same way yeah i mean well there you go it's probably quite a good place to leave it isn't it Thinking um, of Mike hiding in in bushes, camouflage and silk oh, pajamas. Christ. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> amazing. I this. When like, when I was at school, <laughs> when you were walking home, what would you used to call it? Somebody chucked you into a hedge. Bush bush. Salt. <laughs> so we'd go like the older kids would run towards you. They'd be like, education, education. <laughs> Oh my like god! Is this <laughs> <laughs> and then absolutely launch you into a bush, and then they still keep chanting education. Um, I've just got visions of somebody launching me into a bush and then laying there and just seeing Mike in silk pajamas. Like, what, what are you doing, hun? Are you okay? <laughs> North Allerton is the weirdest place. Yeah, it literally <laughs> is. We've Honestly, got to go on a on a Rosette um, trip there and maybe oh, do like a live recording. Yeah, all me just mates. walk through the streets. <laughs> 
We'll do it. We'll do it at Bongos or the Bongo, whatever it's the bloody Bongo. called. It's yeah. The Bongo. The Bongo. Sorry, definite article. Because I got a message this week after I posted the story of, of us taking the out of the Bongo Club in North Allerton, yeah. um, which Hannah was like Hannah's favourite haunt, where she sucked a man's shoe. Um, Sorry, I was like, oh my god, what, what have I told you? Sorry, yeah, um, <laughs> she put a man's shoe in her mouth um, in exchange for a, a bit of pit of bread and some water um, in the Bongo in North Allerton, and I made fun of it. And then somebody, uh, my friend Ella, replied on Instagram and was just like, "Oi, the Bongo's quality!" And apparently, North Allerton is her boyfriend Dave's hometown, and they've they've been down the Bongo several times. So, and she said it's good. I bet. Of course, she did because she's a oh, freak she as well. Did. <laughs> um, right well there you go uh, thank you very much for listening do remember to vote for us in the sports podcast awards or in the comedy category um, you can find us Rosehead Pod or Rosehead Soccer on social media uh, thank you very much for listening thank you thank you, thank you. Um, thank you very much Mike cheers lad and we will see you next time bye Sports Social Podcast Network Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.